So, retrospectors, what historical events are we ticking off on this week's run of Today in History? Well, Monday is the anniversary of the day Roger first publishes famous thesaurus. Then on Tuesday, we say happy birthday, Mr. Potato Head. On Wednesday, the extraordinary stories of the child soldiers who fought in the American Civil War. On Thursday, how King James changed the word of God. And on Friday, what did spam emails look like in 1978? We discuss this and more on Today in History with the retrospectors. Ten minutes every weekday, wherever you get your podcasts. Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Hello everyone, it's Phil here. Before we get into the Singapore Grand Prix, an apology. Our regular producer Matt, who tirelessly twiddles buttons and performs technical magic for us each episode, has just fathered a child and so wasn't around to record us this week. Consequently, the sound quality isn't as great as it is normally. Hopefully you'll still find it listenable and amusing, but nevertheless we are sorry. Rest assured that we're frantically reading sound recording for dummies to ensure that it's better for next time. Anyway, on with the show. Welcome to For Formula One Sake, the F1 podcast that has started unexpectedly and will now scare the living shit out of a marshal. That marshal is a dick. Welcome to For Formula One Sake, the F1 podcast that is absolutely open to takeover talks with Apple. I've decided I quite like the new iWatch, I like the look of it, so yeah, I'm down. Welcome to For Formula One Sake, the podcast that is absolutely open to takeover talks with any large American media companies. At, at this point, I just want some money. Welcome to For Formula One Sake, the F1 podcast that promises a thrilling conclusion but is unlikely to deliver. Hang on, I use the ending with my state of what are you saying? I mean, it promises a lot. I'll be chasing that for like the last half of the podcast. So yeah, then you'll just run and out then of I'll just before the fuck end. My tires. Just as it looks like it might be good, it'll finish. I'm Chica Rares, and today from the Southwark Tavern in Byron Market, we look back at the Singapore Grand Prix. Last weekend, our TVs took us to Southeast Asia to watch the 15th race of the season. Let's start with the track. Now, the street circuit has more corners than any other race, and you can't really overtake. So, let's face it, it's pretty slow. But that doesn't mean it has to be boring. Let's cast our memories back to 2008, where Alonso won because his teammate did a dodgy bit of crashing. Now, that was pretty juicy. However, it's not 2008, it's 2016. And uh, the highlights of the weekend were, firstly, numerous engineers, as we said, were nearly run over. Then, a huge lizard attended, and before you say it, not Bernie E. Bernie E? He's not huge. But his new mate Chase Carey's facial hair assured us that the future of F1 is going to be unpredictable and exciting. With me is a man who has spent the week since Sunday trying to watch the race on the innovative and reliable Channel 4 app. It is Terry Saunders. Jesus F Christ. So, I was busy on Sunday. Sorry, everyone, no tweet or anything, but you know what? I've got to earn a living. What were you doing? I was at a market trying to sell my, my wares. My welks. Wary wares. My welks. I've got a, I've got a welk business. It's not, it's not going very well. You know, people died. So I thought, I'll just catch up on the race. And I got home, Formula One, I watched it on the Channel 4 app. That app is 
shite. First of all, it takes them about 12 days to get it up from the race, so you yeah. have to wait. Yeah. I, I and it's full of watching, adverts all the time. I started watching the race and it was when uh, PK crashed and Alonso won. <laughs> Massa was going by with his car <laughs> on fire. <laughs> so I didn't get to watch much of it because it just wasn't there until late that night. I thought then, we weren't supposed to admit things like this. I'm going to admit it because this is because Channel 4 is uh, shocking. Well, somebody emailed us about it as well, which does show that people are paying attention to us at least. Thank you, Somebody said, why, why are you no tweeting? It's like, ah, oh, we're busy. Yeah, fuck you. That's what I replied, by the way. Ah, fuck you. What do you want? So over nothing? Fuck off. Um, and so the next day, I was like, I'm going to carry on watching it. So on the way into the office in the morning, I've got like a 10-minute tube journey. So I turn on the thing. It starts me off half an hour before where I left off the night before. So I'm like, well, hang on, I've already seen this bit. It's not the start again. I skip forward to the bit I need. And it tries to play three minutes 38 of adverts yeah. on a 10 minute journey. Yeah. And then when it finally started playing, it was really dull. <laughs> Just a race. Well, alongside Terry is a motoring journalist who has been visiting F1's past and possibly its future too. It's Phil Tromans. Hello, everyone. Yes, thank you very much. I have indeed. I've been sort of very loosely dabbling in the world's loosely associated with Formula One. I literally got back this morning from Madrid, where I, uh, I've been driving a new Audi, TTRS, or TTRS as we've all been calling it, sorry Audi. Oh, that's, um, that's really funny, Phil. I thought so. That's just... A little bit of motoring journalist humour for you there. <laughs> but we were driving out at Harama race circuit in uh, just north of Madrid, which was home to the Spanish Grand Prix for a bit. And was a very day. popular dance in the 90s. Was it? You're not thinking of the Macarena. Hummerama. Hummerama. Hey, Hummerama. It's a really good track, although it's really narrow. I don't know. I think it's a bit of a novelty, and after no, listening no, to not it, that, not that track. <laughs> the race track. Oh, okay. Sorry. <laughs> it's a really good track, and I thoroughly enjoyed ragging out around it. It was home to nine Formula One Grands Prix. Well, an interesting question, I think. So. Has the track configuration changed since the Grand Prix? Ever so slightly, because I, I read up on it before I went and they said they changed the thing in 1990. So, so it, I looked up to see what it was and they literally slightly reprofiled one corner. So in your fancy new Audi that's presumably quite top of the range? Uh, it's pretty quick, 400 horsepower. How yeah. close were you to the lap record of a Formula 1 car from the 70s? I don't know, because I haven't timed it. I've got a video of you driving around it, but I haven't what? timed it, because I was busy driving. That's the only thing I do. But, um, oh, what? Yeah, but yeah. I'm, I'm driving. Hey Siri, speed. start the stopwatch. I don't have an Apple Watch. Okay. You've just started your stopwatch. <laughs> hey Chica, what have you been up to? Well, that's interesting. You should ask that, Phil. Um, it is, isn't it? You don't usually ask. No. Um, but it's written in big capital letters on the script, so I thought I'd ask. I don't know how to make it any more obvious, <laughs> but still, it doesn't come naturally to you. So I had a very exciting last weekend, and uh, I worked on, for the first time ever, Johnny Walker. Sounds of the 70s. I'm misogyny. your 20th century We've got T-Rex, one, good. Yeah. He died in a car crash. He did. did. Speaking so. of car crashes, back to the show. <laughs> so, uh, Johnny Walker, MBE. We were doing the show and it got to four o'clock. It got to what? Four o'clock. Okay, top of the, top hour. Of the hour. Top of the hour, well done. And um, he said... I don't want to hear the Formula One result on the news. Oh my God. He loves the Formula One. He loves Formula One. We got talking. Turns out he hates Rosberg. He loves Formula One. I love Johnny Walker. And so I was thinking, maybe we could get him as a guest on the show? Definitely. Can you wangle that? Uh, Seriously. Definitely not. And tell him that we love his sponsorship of McLaren. 
let's start with the stories that you've been talking about in Listener's Corner. Now this week there can only be one story to focus on and that is the fact that Mary Barry is also leaving Bake Off. Good on you Mary! Is she going to Manor do you think? No, uh, no. she's Renault. Palmer's screwed then isn't he? No, okay. Palmer's presenting the Bake Off on Channel 4. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be amazing! Pissed off. Hollywood and Joking in Palmer. I'm really pissed off actually because uh, the, the cake was going really well but for some reason I just dropped it. <laughs> news really is is the fact we've had an email so Cody from Oregon has got in contact with us so uh, we are going to dedicate this entire episode and perhaps the whole series to him slash her we're not sure because Cody could be a man or woman yes thank you Cody first of all because I think you are the first person ever to email us Mm -hmm. is that right we've had a couple of joke emails it's a lot I of spam. Someone going, I bet you've got 10 emails because you said no emails, but there was nothing oh, yeah. in it. There was nothing actually worth doing. Yeah, thanks for that. Whoever this that was. is a good email. But this was actually a proper email. So let's celebrate this email and we are going to read it out. <laughs> well, bits of it. Cody started out by picking out various faults in our coverage of yeah, last for weekend's that, Cody. Grand Prix. We'll, we'll scrap that bit. We don't need to know. Cody. <laughs> no, 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 we like Cody because Cody asked an interesting question at the end. Said, How do you feel about making cars wider when passing is already quite low and even more street circuits are proposed? Yeah, the cars will be quicker, but if they actually cannot fit at corner entry, then what is the point? Prepare for a Monaco race with exactly zero on-track passes. And Canada, and Hungary, and Barcelona, you get the point. Any narrow track will be predisposed to be boring. How do you feel about that? Well, Cody, that is another potential issue. I don't think they're going to be massively wider than this year. They will be wide. Well, I carry the technical regulations for 2017 around with me all the time. But for some reason, I appear Furlong. to have misplaced them. They're uh, a long wide. <laughs> Isn't that a type of Subway sandwich? We're digressing. I don't know. But I'd say the width of the cars is not going to be one of the major things. I mean, it's all going to... The likes of aerodynamics and grip and all that kind of thing are going to be much more relevant to how easy it is or difficult it is to overtake. Cody, listen. You're wrong, mate. Or whatever. Yeah. Woman. The tracks you've just pointed out... Monaco, Canada, Hungary and Barca, Lona, you get the point. Are all tracks were, that were around when the cars used to be wider. There was overtaking then. That's true, but there was less aero then. So again, that goes back to my point, that it's There's about a lot, aero. Less of a lot of things. So last time, like back in history, when they went from being wider to narrower cars, did the races get more exciting? No. No. We always remember Formula One in the back in the day as being exciting. Whereas actually, it's a little known fact that Formula One has never been exciting. No, it's a terrible sport. It's, if you disagree, though, I mean, you can email us at wrong at ff1s.com. Nice. Good, good plug. What other people are talking about, not on email. So, recently, the Liberty Media takeover has happened, and F1 now belongs to Bugsy Malone. <laughs> What has been public reaction to the news? Well, let me tell you, FF1S listeners and you guys. Ed Ludlow says, curly moustache, that is all. That is the be-all and end-all of this story as far as I'm concerned. It's a fucking great moustache. Chase Carey's moustache is spectacular, and I look forward to seeing it around. But according to Joe Saymore, the esteemed Formula One blogger and journalist... No, he's a proper journalist. He's more than just a blogger. (laughs) You just demeaned him. The esteemed Formula One guy on Twitter... That moustache is because he's had some kind of injury and he's concealing a face injury. Is that why you've got a moustache? I've got a beard because I don't have a chin. If Chase Carey's moustache is indeed hiding an injury, that is unfortunate and 
possibly blunts the potential for No, because he's gone the comedy. other way. It's so but I'm not making fun of it because it's amazing. It's a really good mistake. It's mistake. so long and curly, you can take the piss out of it and not be offending. I'm not going to take the piss out of it because I think it's really cool. Because if it, it was purely just to hide a face wound, then he could keep it trip. He could keep exactly. it like yours. I'm hoping that one of the, one of the things that under his stewardship the Formula One brings in more moustache related regulations Brilliant. maybe for example half a point per season for the best moustache well the best thing is the, the balaclavas that's why Nigel Mansell used to have because the balaclava it would be rub on your beard it would be quite annoying but there's a little hole for the moustache you've just oh. got a moustache because Nigel Mansell had one yeah Adrian Neville said, marketing is all they can do, really, as they will have to write out current contracts until around 2020. So most changes will be on hold till then. Do you agree? That might be true. I mean, I don't know enough about the ins and outs of it, but I would imagine there'll be some stuff that's been put in before Liberty took over that they'll have to go, oh, okay, well. Bernie is an old school businessman. He fames himself on doing deals by a handshake. So you know that every fucking deal he's done is not worth the paper he's written on. Well, I mean, it's never fucking written most down. Most contracts in F1 appear to not to be worth. Exactly. If you throw enough lawyers at things, you can get them around it. So. so, Adrian, I don't agree with you on this. I think there is going to be significant change. Not very quickly. I think next year will probably pull along as it's supposed to, but all the changes that we're making throughout next year will impact 2018 onwards. Well, I mean, marketing is quite a broad thing. I mean, it could be literally everything from you know how they do it on social media and yeah, all this yeah, kind of yeah. stuff oh, yeah, big, which a... I, I would welcome if they do more on that kind of stuff I mean they've really got better at it okay and the other big topic this week has been are Apple buying McLaren yes. so Simon Billington said if Apple did buy McLaren would the car become an iMac Very it good. will no longer come with a steering wheel so you'll have to drive it with your new Bluetooth helmet oh funny if you'd win that joke you would have been laughing your head it would be an iMuck because McLaren don't have an A. <laughs> it's Muck. An Apple Muck. It's not McLaren, it's McLaren, right? One. Secondly, do you know what? Apple have got rid of the headphone port. Yeah, do what? Do what? What would you do? I think that's a bigger story, the fact that they've got rid of that. I'm very, uh, that would put me off buying the we'll phone entirely. And it's put me off buying McLaren. So I am a Apple fan. As I stand <laughs> here, I've least. got my Apple T-shirt on, my Apple pants. <laughs> My Apple Watch, eating apples, iPhone in my pocket, MacBook Pro on the desk. I've got, got an Gwyneth Apple Paltrow's TV. Child with you. Gwyneth Paltrow's child, which you know, technically illegal. Yeah, we'd probably better take them back. An iMac at home. I've got a MacBook. I've got, I've got every Mac thing. When I go to the Apple Store now, after years of like just craving everything, I now own everything I want from Apple. Finally, if they buy McLaren. I won't be able to buy everything that Apple owns. <laughs> Are you not uh, going to buy a McLaren? Well, I'd love to, but, you know, unless I sell a lot more screen prints, which is the post.com, then I think I'm not going to be able to afford one. Mark Stokes says, the petrol fill-up will be a new proprietary system that only accepts iFuel. Fuck off, right? Just I one, think that's funny. One, the petrol in Formula 1 is on a proprietary system. It's well, special petrol. It's special petrol that's made with special hoses. You can't just shove a... You can't just shove your dangling hose into a Formula 1 car. Well, that's why you could never go back to Silverstone. Well, again, I'm not allowed, but, you know, Formula 1 is all about being proprietary. They make, the, they make wheel nuts on spec, so don't, don't do these shitty apple jokes. So you can tell us how wrong we are. You can tweet us at for f one sake, or you can find us on Facebook where we're FF1S, or if you email us at wrong at FF1S.com, we are very likely to read out some of your emails. 
Right, let's move on to teams. Now, we'll start off with Mercedes. So, not a bad weekend for Mercedes on the whole. And dare I say it, did you see it? There was quite a lot of maybe warmth between Rosberg and Hamilton. A lot um, of snogging. There was snogging, there yeah. was touching. I wasn't sure how to feel about it. Rosberg had an aggressive race strategy and won by 0.4 seconds. Most of all, though, he now has an eight-point lead over Hamilton. But Lewis is not panicking. In fact, Lewis wasn't doing much at Singapore. I don't know whether it was jet lag or maybe he hadn't eaten like his shreddies out of his favourite bowl. He didn't have uh, an unfortunate haircut last weekend. But that man was not on form. Why were these guys' performances quite so different? Well, first off, Rosberg. Uh, that's three on the trot for him now. And he's clawed that deficit back once again. He's the benchmark, I think, at the moment. He is just consistent. When was the last time, apart from a couple of sort of dodgy overtakes, when was the last time that he fucked up? He's so consistent. He's not as fast as Hamilton, but he's just sort of straight down the line and he's pretty reliable and you know that he's got his pace and he will probably hit it every weekend. Hamilton is super quick, but he's a bit all over the place and it just didn't get it together this weekend. Although, in fairness, it wasn't all his fault because fuck-ups in, in practice and stuff I mean he didn't get a time he couldn't get his car set up but I mean Singapore like like Monaco is a track where you cannot make a mistake because if you do you'll go into a wall and in fact I think he did go into a wall in practice didn't he I, I think, think it's the only thing he did wrong all weekend Friday, yeah yeah I, I'm torn this weekend because I think he was genuinely good normally when he's good it means that Lewis is being shit and Lewis wasn't great this weekend but Rosberg still stood Rosberg out. Rosberg was fucking good. That pole lap he did on Saturday Mental. was brilliant. It's like he took a shortcut. Yeah. So, I don't know. I mean, he's still unlikable, but he does remind me, what, what you just said there, Phil, about him being consistent, is exactly how his dad won the championship. Like, didn't his dad win without ever winning a race in the year? Something like that, yeah. Like, but he was just like second at every race, so he just constantly... That's, that's such an unimpressive win. Oh, God, it is. It's so unimpressive. Well, I mean, it, but it's not, sec- it's not sexy. <laughs> <laughs> if he remains consistent, well, he's definitely going to win because in seven of the past eight seasons, the driver that won in Singapore has then gone on to be champion. So he was told this at the race, and uh, Rosberg, as always, was witty and unpredictable with a sense of humour. And he said, I'm going to borrow you, Terry, with your uh, great oh, yeah, impressions. Uh, what accent has he got again? All of them. All of them. <laughs> I used to just see like that. It's not something I focus on. It's not. It doesn't have any importance to me. Geordie, wasn't it? <laughs> when you get all the accents, it becomes Geordie. Okay. That's how it works. I mean, I still think Hamilton's going to win. But still, maybe it's going to be. I still think Hamilton will win, okay. but maybe it'll be closer and more exciting than we thought. I unfortunately disagree. I had a real sense watching this race that Rosberg's going to win the championship. And talking of statistics, that's annoying because Rosberg is currently the driver to have had the most races, the most wins, without winning the championship, which is a pathetic stat <laughs> that I want him to keep. <laughs> I thought four or five races ago, whenever it was that Hamilton came back and and. Got, his, got the lead again that he was going to romp away with it yep. and now I, I still think he is but there's only six races left I know I think it makes everything very exciting only eight points though so it is only eight points yeah. so I mean, let's not read too much into it but if you'd have said three races ago that Rosberg would win them all I'd have raised an eyebrow just one here's just my one. prediction 
whoever wins Mexico will win the championship. Okay, we'll hold you to that. Right, Red Bull. So, as they nearly always do, Red Bull provided a performance to remember. This time, Verstappen was more of a stage hand, though, after his bad start. But Ricardo took centre stage in his audacious battle with Rosberg to the end. Now, I reckon one more lap and we could have seen that grinning Aussie swigging out of his shoe again. Do you agree? Yeah, but there wasn't one more lap. I would have liked to have seen that battle. Do you think Ricardo could win a race this season? Because he should. Uh, yeah, so he can. Well, Verstappen's won one, and uh, overall, yeah, but that was only because the Mercedes been... took each other out. Yeah, but you've got to be there when somebody else falls over to be able to do it. Yeah, that was probably his best chance because it was the track that Mercedes had the least natural advantage on. But he didn't quite have time. But it, it was all very exciting. I thought they did very well. I thought Verstappen, he did have a shitty start. But from what I understand, that wasn't necessarily his fault. Apparently, they were having clutch problems. They took the clutch out before the race. Looked I don't do that. No, he was having problems with it in either qualifying or practice. I forget. And they took it out to try and find what's wrong with it. Said everything looked fine. Put it back in again. And then the problem happened again at the start. But Verstappen has been struggling with starts recently. Yeah, I Your don't know golden that's... boy is being a bit shit. I... Yes, he Terry, flew... you liked him the other week. Yeah. Fuck off, I'm fickle. <laughs> he flukes into a race win earlier <laughs> on in the year, and now he's just being mediocre. Didn't I always say he, he would shine and then he'd just start to get a bit he shit? He said he would fade this away. This race, he has faded away. No, uh, he did not fade No, he had some brilliant overtakes. He did have a shitty start, and don't get me wrong, Ricardo has been more impressive in terms of getting the result. They wanted to win. They weren't going for second. They thought, because of the way that everything worked out with the strategy that was going on behind them with Raikkonen and Hamilton, it suddenly started to get to the point where it was could affect the leaders. So Red Bull were like, right, if we pit him now, stick him on super fast tyres, it'll force Mercedes to do something. And Mercedes apparently were originally going to pit Rosberg straight afterwards and then at the last minute, because he got stuck behind a couple of McMartyrs, realised that they wouldn't have got him back out in time and he would have been behind on the track. Even though he would have slightly fresh tyres and track like Singapore, being behind on the track is a massive disadvantage it's hard to overtake. So they, that led to the exciting finish that we had at the end, where they, they said, no, stay out and try not to let your tyres explode. Okay. So let's move on to Ferrari. Now, in my opinion, Ferrari were the unsung heroes of Singapore. Raikkonen was doing really well until, regrettably, his team forgot about him and left him driving around with tyres resembling that lettuce you get in your McDonald's burger. Now, Vettel did one of his best performances in a while, finishing in fifth, and let's not forget that he started in the pit lane wasteland that is P22. And he did some fantastic overtakes on the track that you're not supposed to overtake on. Now, do you reckon the Ferraris have upped their game, or do you reckon they were just having a good day? I actually think they dropped the ball a bit. I yeah. think that by that they could have had Raikkonen in third, and they ballsed up their pit strategy and dithered when Hamilton came in and let Hamilton get ahead of them on the track. And as I, we've already discussed, he couldn't get past him, and I think he could conceivably take a third. I don't often have sympathy with Formula One. I'm often quite harsh. On people, this no. may have come across. I'm not sure. No. But I feel like I could do most jobs in Formula One, including driving the car, better than the people who do it now. I believe that I'm better <laughs> in every way than all those people, except <laughs> for the people who have to make the pit stop decisions. Because I know that I am 
awful at making a decision when I'm panicked. I'm just saying, I don't know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Stop well, it now. That's oh, what it sounded oh, like, oh, though. Yeah, yeah, stop it now. No, yeah, yeah, hang on, hang on. We'll get back to you. Uh, uh, I don't know, I don't know. Well, they make a decision Terry, should we pit? Oh, should we pit? No, yes, no, let's pit. Uh, I've got to know, I've got to know. I'm writing a pros and cons list. Oh, my pen doesn't work. Oh, God. <laughs> Listening to that, I was just like, yeah, I would be that guy that would be there going, oh, oh, I want to ask someone. But so, that guy there is has has got a ton of experience and is being paid probably a large amount of money to make that call. Yeah. Or make a call, not what just go, that? uh, maybe. Why, why didn't he just say, uh, yes, and just decide? They were trying to work it out. But, I mean, the, uh, how many times this season have that Ferrari me, done something dodgy? That sounds to me classic, like his computer crashed, we didn't want to let on. We just say, go, <laughs> yes. fuck, yeah, yeah, uh, I'm just checking, I'm just checking up. I think it's a bit of a balls up and it's a bit of a shame. But the, I mean, the car clearly was going pretty well. Vettel, drive of the day for me. But qualifying... When his car broke, and they were just the first like, corner, yeah. yeah like, oh. He was three wheeling it around like a like a Mexican. It, it'll work itself. Just uh, drive, what they call it? drive through rider. it. Drive through it. It'll be fine. He <laughs> tried. He was literally going around with his front wheel like up in the air. It doesn't feel great. And like, yeah, you'll be all right. It'll buff out. <laughs> right, Williams. It looks like Massa won't be leaving with a fanfare of spectacular races defining the last 14 years of his career. Instead, his three-stop strategy didn't work last weekend and his teammate got a puncture. What did you think about Williams' weekend? I would argue that Williams' weekend has defined Massa's 14-year career. <laughs> Slightly shit. I'll tell you what I thought about Williams' weekend. I didn't think about Williams' weekend. A strategy didn't work. Yeah. Um, and didn't get any points. Yeah. And debris. And especially Definitely. when Hulkenberg crashed on the first lap and near Paul Singer and Williams big competitors. The fact that when one of half of their competitors crashed out on the first lap, you think they'd get some points. And Paul Singer is now ahead of them, yeah. despite they had one of them had a crash. Yeah. Okay, well let's talk about Force India then. So um, I've been thinking, and I don't know why, but I think maybe I'm actually Force India's patronising auntie. <laughs> because I'm really surprised and happy when their drivers do well. So Hulkenberg didn't do as well as his teammate. Last year he made 12 laps in Singapore before crashing. And this year he didn't even make it to 12 seconds before he slid into the pit wall. But his lovely Mexican teammate didn't bow to the pressure and managed to go from 18th to 8th on a one-stop strategy. Now it is said that Perez wants to drive for Ferrari. Could that possibly be on the cards? went from 18th to 8th but he was only 18th because he got an 8th place penalty for overtaking Gutierrez under a yellow flag in qualifying so you're not saying is that and for God's sake Perez is impressive when he doesn't change his fucking tyres do you know what I will be impressed one stop strategy I will be impressed with Perez when he has a good result with doing the same pit stops as everyone else so he's not going to pit stop one trick pony is what he is (laughs) oh I could look after my tyres yes that's important I hope He's one of those drivers that I hope when Ferrari finally sees sense and makes some racing tyres, Perez just goes to the fucking back because he's just like, oh, I don't know what I'm doing. Well, when, when the tyres will last the whole race yeah, anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Who's there going, but all I do is go slowly. Just oh. caressing, you know, he sits at home caressing tyres. <laughs> he doesn't caress them, Phil. Oh, it's, well, he fucks I... them. Terry. <laughs> but gently. Stop <laughs> so, it. So tenderly. <laughs> he buys them dinner after. <laughs> Hulkenberg, the crash. Oh. Thoughts on the oh, crash? Oh, what a great crash. It was a good crash. Go, 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 smash. Whose fault? Nobody's fault. Nobody's? 
No, Verstappen's clutch went wrong. He got off slowly. Science went, ah, there's a car in front of me. Pulled out to the right. What else was he supposed to do? And Hulkenberg actually did a really good start. And so was there. If he'd have had a shit start, he probably wouldn't have yeah, got if hit. If anything, it was his fault for starting too yeah, well. People didn't Hulkenberg, that. Classic <coughs> overachieving Hulkenberg. But how close was it when he went across Verstappen's car? It was, was very like, close. Oh. Was that pure, you reckon it was pure luck, though? There, was, there, there wasn't more of a smash up there. I think Verstappen did get away with that one. Yeah, he, yeah, I think he came off the accelerator a bit. I think so. Verstappen so you're reacted. saying Verstappen did quite a good job? Is that, is that what you're saying? No. Right, McLaren, for Alonso, this was not a race to remember, but it was another show of good driving, when he's had quite a few recently. And a better car could arguably have given the Spaniard a chance to hold his hairy head high on the podium. For Button, it was even less memorable, unless you count getting a nice new front wing before retiring. There's like literally nothing to say about the race, I think much Alonso found himself up in like fifth. And he said afterwards he was like hoping for a podium, and it's like, it's funny because they're still shit, but they're so much better than they were a year or so ago. It's really hard to remember that only like three years ago they were still winning races. So you don't reckon next year there could be something quite special? Well, I mean that we've talked about this before. Next year, all bets are off. All bets it's, are off. It's who who comes up with the, the you know 2017's double diffuser or uh, yeah. blown whatever it was weird rule loopholes aside I think next year they'll be up maybe back at Ferrari level or this year as it, in if they they're could not win. Jesus Christ what yeah. the hell have they been doing yeah exactly <laughs> if they they could win races but they probably won't but they might luck a couple is how I feel next year will be uh, ne- honestly next year I think we might see some real surprises I wouldn't be surprised if Renault are right up there next year I wouldn't no. be surprised. Well, I mean, a full works team having had a year to get it all together and not bother doing much on this car. Depends who their drivers are, obviously, but I wouldn't be surprised if their car's pretty good. McLaren could well be very good. Ferrari will probably be almost good again and not quite as good as the rest. Mercedes think- could be crap again. Remember, they, were, they until the new rules this time around, they weren't anywhere of note when, when it was Rosberg and Schumacher. I don't think they ever won, did they? Did he, did no. he even walk? There you go. Hey, yes. For Haas as a team, success is so near, yet really, really very far away. In fairness, though, both drivers made it to Q2, but then Grosjean spun and the long arm of the FIA law handed him numerous penalties for his parts. A big bun. (laughs) Gutierrez was, yet again, just one place out of the points and Grosjean didn't even start. Now I've got a theory. I reckon Grosjean had so many penalties from starting from pits that uh, he was never going to do very well. And the team said, save the car, pretend it won't start, and we'll start again with all these lovely new parts in Malaysia. I think it was more that the car was so shit. I ran into with him and he was just there saying, from corner to corner, I don't know what's going to happen. They've totally fucked something up. It's like, it's like they've had a work experience kid going in going, what does this nut do? And he just didn't have any trust in the car. So I think... So you reckon maybe he was the one that didn't start? I think when he got all these penalties, when the car... Because he crashed twice in practice and both times caught him by surprise. I think he just went, Do you know what, guys? Fuck you. <laughs> he didn't seem very happy, though, when they when he, he was pictured getting out of the car and dropping off. I mean, you wouldn't be very happy. Would you? It's been a weird year for him because he took the big gamble of leaving Renault. That was a good decision. Renault had been shit. 
has started off amazingly. What a dream well, decision. They don't seem to have developed as much as I suspected they might. It's I have very, to say. I, they've got a bit worse. I think it's the Ferrari deal. Because remember when they when they were first announced, they had this whole, we're going to be like Ferrari's sister team, we're going to get all this stuff from Ferrari. And then Ferrari changed all of their management. They totally changed their attitude and said, right, we're going to be going to try and be... And Ferrari is struggling so much that, you know, they're trying desperately to have enough development to get ahead of Mercedes. They don't give a shit about giving this other team all their best bits. So I think somewhere the relationship there has totally dissolved. I don't, I don't say that far. I would say exactly that far. <laughs> oh. Okay, let's agree to disagree. As an esteemed former. No, I'm not going to agree to disagree. Well, I'm going to disagree to disagree. Okay. I'm not going to say anything, I just wanted to disagree with you. So you agree? So you disagree no. to disagree. So you disagree to disagree, so you agree? No. <laughs> no okay, well, let's see if we disagree on Renault. Renault. So for most of this season, we've relished the chance to say callous things every race about Renault. And in our defence, they're shit. But despite the fact that both have had appalling qualifying, Magnussen did drive pretty well last weekend. Although he started in 17th, he got to 10th in the first lap. Yes, due to luck and a crash, but he still overtook Gutierrez and Massa in a very, very slow car and got points. But it was another poor race from Palmer, and considering they're fighting for one spot next season, could Singapore have been the nail in the coffin? I think it's been another nail in I the think coffin. it's the final nail in the coffin. <laughs> no, there'll be it's more. It's like the padlock of the coffin. Be, they're, they're filling that thing full of nails. Yeah. Maybe this. that's why his dad's thinking of splashing out on race courses to make himself feel better. Well, well the big news is, I feel, you're the journalist here, what's the news? <laughs> well, it, I mean, it's, it's according to Autosport... Uh, Which is a very esteemed Formula 1 blog. Yeah, they, yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, according to Leaflet <laughs> Autosport... Jonathan Palmer, as I think we talked about before, did we? I think we did. It has now put in a bid through his company, MSV, to buy Silverstone, which has been the subject of numerous sales speculation, which I give a Land Rover and the guy who runs Ginetta and all these various other things for ages. Um, who runs Vianetta? Yes, that's right. The guy that runs Vianetta. Oh, the Vianetta curve. <laughs> So MSV apparently have put in a bid to buy Silverstone, which will now go through business talks of some sort. Well, there are some conditions. Yes. The condition is that only Jolian Palmer will be allowed to win the British Grand Prix. <laughs> he has a sort of pole position of yeah. every race and ever that, taken. And that his teammate for the British Grand Prix should be another young up-and-coming British driver called Will Palmer. Oh, will he or won't he? Uh, no, that's none of that's true either. Uh, all, all we know at the moment is that do the, the track there at Silverstone. They're like, okay, well we've got uh, our uh, team racing driver. Oh, it's not Justin Palmer, is it? Oh, fuck's sake! Every corner at Silverstone will be renamed Palmer. <laughs> I can imagine Chase Carey and Jonathan Palmer in a meeting, and when we, when they finish the meeting, Jonathan Palmer will just be weeping and bleeding. No, I, th- I think they'll have a meeting behind the scenes, and then one race, Jonathan Palmer will turn up with exactly the same moustache. <laughs> Hello, Chase. I am also moustached. And then maybe Julian Palmer as well. Toro Rosso. Now, this team's drivers were not themselves last weekend, but we saw another more angry side to the charming Spaniard, and Kvyat was actually quite good. The gloves were off as he held back Verstappen in a battle for more than just eighth place, which he defended admirably, considering under that shining helmet he was crying, you took my car, you ruined my career. Now, why were Toro Rosso so out of character, guys? 
I don't know why they were so good. I mean, it's not an engine track, and no, they've been. That's the main reason, I think. But even so, their car isn't that much better than all the other. It was surprising. Just, I mean, for my fantasy Formula One, it was very surprising. If you're listening to the podcast somewhere, if you're working, if you're driving a digger, or whatever you do when you listen to this podcast, <laughs> those are our two, uh, our two demographics. Can you stand up? Can you stand up right now? <laughs> stand up and salute Daniel Kvyat because. <laughs> You are always horrible, horrible about Kvyat. No, I'm not. Yes, you are. I've wanted to hug him for the last six months. I have been supporting him in every single way possible. Every single way possible. Every single way. <laughs> I've set up a Kickstarter and an Indiegogo. And he, Verstappen behind him, and he has to defend from Verstappen. And he did so admirably, brilliantly, and fantastically. Driver of the fucking year. Why? Why could he do it this time? Well, one, the Tyrosso is just working quite well around this circuit. Two, there's not really been a chance since that horrible driver swap where Kvyat's had to defend from Verstappen apart from being lapped or something. And three, or C, whatever you want to say, I just think that he's finally got his mojo back. So do you reckon this, this could be different from now on for the rest of the season I mean one race doesn't undo most of a season of being dire I can't think of many other drivers who have been shafted like Kvyat has this year well I mean his private life is his own business Phil he did he was fucking excellent Verstappen who is we've done Verstappen who is known as being an amazing overtaker could not get past Kvyat that was it amazing. Was a, it was a very good battle. A story's go. The thing is, there's this talk of like Formula E and driverless cars. So and he could be stuff. staying in Formula One. You I hope so. Purely because of based that good that, bit in the race. Based on that, in the third place earlier this year. But I would say that. <laughs> I'm pity. The thing that the thing is, we, we talk about like, oh, uh, in Formula One, uh, it's really boring. It's just people driving around in a circle, and you talk about. You know, the, the new idea of having driverless cars and that. The best thing about Formula One is the psychology, knowing about people cracking and whatnot, and the fact that you know there's history here. This isn't just a Red Bull driver trying to overtake a Toro Rosso driver. This is the guy who shafted, Phil's words, shafted. <laughs> Your words. <laughs> my words. Shafted. <laughs> shouted the other guy trying to overtake you and the first guy going no I'm not going to fucking have it and it meant so much it was exhilarating that's what sport is about that is a story and it is exhilarating and that should be the highlight of the whole weekend should we should we briefly talk about science oh fuck Cheeky. science with his fucking thing hanging yeah, off the car cheeky you, you yes. really like science I so really do you want like to talk science. about his flapping appendage so it was all going I have a feature idea Terry and Phil test Chica on the flags of Formula One. Oh, this would be good. So he got a black and orange flag. Which what, means? In, in, in what form were the colours? Black with orange bits on it. Uh, well, orange bits. Orange. What shape is the orange? Round what shape is orange? Sorry, you guys are always doubting me. It's a, it's, a, it's a flag with a round bit in the middle with orange and black. Yeah. And what do they show it with? A flag. No. A, a pole. Screen. No. A sign. A picture. Yes. A picture of the driver. <laughs> Show with the number of the car that's... That is unnecessary. That is a ridiculous question. And what signed his number, Phil? It's 07923. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, and so he had to go in because he had a bit of a side bit. It was hanging off and he had to go and have it repaired. And it wasn't his fault and he was angry about it. 
The end. You, uh, you, why are you testing me? I just yeah. want to know. Why are you testing you? Well, because I, I know that you like um, science, and I also thought it was an opportunity to use the term flapping appendage. Grow up. It's unlikely. Right, manner. Didn't see much of manner this weekend. That was probably for the best, as it was a bad weekend. Ocon showed that he didn't know the rules and got a penalty for overtaking his teammate while the safety car was out. But he's only 20. Uh, and his birthday was last weekend. And the question I'm going to ask you is, so I reckon he did quite well on presents. He got a present from Manor, obviously his team, yeah. Renault, because he's their reserve driver, yeah. and Mercedes, because they're his granddad. Yeah. What do you reckon they got him? Well, I think Manor got him some smellies. <laughs> Renault probably bought Links him... Africa. How old was he again? 20? 20. 20. They probably bought him like a silver key or something to shit. <laughs> <laughs> and Mercedes bought him like a gift voucher. Yeah, book token. So finally, we'll talk about Sauber. Now, in some ways, Sauber did quite well, considering the team have given up on them this season. Ericsson got into Q2. However, the guy that decides the strategy is on holiday, or more likely been made redundant. And the three-stop meant that he came home just behind Verline. Nasa, on the other hand, for the first time this season, he finished in a better position than he started. Which is sort of good, but mainly really, really bad. Now, I can't decide. What do you think? Was this a promising weekend for Sauber? Sauber had a weird... Since they announced their funding for next year, they've obviously unlocked some kind of money for this year where they've managed to not go, not go not well, go but certainly there must have been some updates they had planned that they couldn't go through with that they've now gone through with because they've been... Well, they've, they've, they've been got, not they've got engine bits from Mercedes, wouldn't yeah, they? Yeah, so. that too. So they, and they've had, no, they have had some wing updates and stuff, you know, pretty they've basic had stuff. Bob and Giles on the whole you know, doing updates while everybody else is working on next year. Thing car. is, the whole car was so shit that anything will make. I it mean, better. it's still pretty shit when they're being beaten by Mavis. But anything will make it better, and so all yeah. they've done is gone. Actually, that is. That's, I found some toilet rolls. That, that, that hole, if we just tape up that hole for the last year. Oh, good idea. Good <laughs> idea, The driver needs to go there. <laughs> and now it's the World Championship driver's standings, actually, which is actually the correct ones from Singapore, because actually, I've done some research this week, and actually, these are the facts. In first place, is it's, he's actually good, isn't he? He's turned some three points. In second place, he's actually mediocre this week, wasn't he? He was trying points. In third place, actually nearly great. And in fourth place, actually shite. In fifth place, actually not really there. And in sixth, actually surprisingly nowhere. In seventh, actually married. Aww. In eighth, actually changes tyres for once. In ninth, actually hit a wall. In tenth, actually retiring with 41 points. In eleventh place, is actually nearly fifth at one place with 36 points. In 12th place is actually got a hangnail, had to get it removed via a flag. In 13th, actually pissed off with his car. In 14th, actually did something. Good on you, Dan Neil. In 15th, actually taking a sabbatical next year, not retiring. How fucking dare you? In 16th, actually, I've not got a job yet for next year, is Kevin Magnuson. And in 17th, is I actually beat a Sauber. And in 18th, is Stop a Ruffle, actually. And the Constructors' Championship, we are rudderless this week because our producer Matt has uh, had a small um, child thing. human tiny human tiny human thing so well, I expect in about 19 years to have a lot more podcasts <laughs> and 
we have tried to think of fitting team names if they were baby girls. So, Matt, this is your list of names that you can choose from. I understand they're struggling. Yeah. So here are ten names that they could maybe use. Number one, Mercedes. It's a real name. It's easy. Number two, Geraldine. What do you mean? Well, Red Bull Racing is run by Christian Horner, who is married to Jerry Halliwell Horner. Which we assume is Geraldine. Yeah. Easy. Third place, Ferrari. Uh, Tiff... Tif- Tifosi. Tifosi. Or Tiff... As in Tiffany Dell. Tiffany. Tif- Tif- Tiffany Tif- Tiffanosi. Tiffany Dell. Fourth place, India. <laughs> <laughs> it's a name. It's fine. Fifth place, Wilma. Clever. In sixth place, Apple. Because uh, we're in Palm Patrol. Angus Martin, a yeah. daughter or son or the child, child thing <laughs> called Apple. And Apple might buy McLaren. Good. Great name. In seventh place, Antonio Rosso. In eighth place, Hazel. Hey, Hazel. Hazel. In ninth place, Renault. Um, think of a French name, Galois. And in tenth place, Tamara. Tamana. 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 That's one of your Tamana. best, I think. Brilliant. Genius. Flawless. Great. And finally, Terry, please, could you round things off with the thing we've all been waiting for, and that is the state of F1. Look at us. Three dinosaurs, or rather two dinosaurs, and Chica, who in evolutionary terms is a Neanderthal to our Diplodoka. Sorry, Phil. Imagine this. We are there on what is now Guildford, but at the time was uh, Green Plain in Jurassic time. I'm not very good at science. (laughs) And there's a massive bang. We look up from chewing our grass and see in the sky there's a massive fireball. We don't know it at the time, brackets, we do, close brackets, but we're witnessing an epoch shift, the end of an era, the changing of a guard, and a Formula One seismic event. Bernie is going. He's not quite saying it, but his impending retirement is more obvious than Jensen Button's, quote, sabbatical. (laughs) Formula One is being bought by Liberty Media. Their way of working is as different to Bernie's way as chalk is to bonsai trees. (laughs) Well, that's a Clarkson joke. Ooh, ooh. bonsai tree. I feel dirty. Give me a ham sandwich. <laughs> he says it's in his contract to sell for three years. Chase Carey says if Bernie wants to, he has a contract for three years. What they're both not saying is there's no fucking way Bernie's going to be there for three years. Because Bernie, who's looking more and more like a lizard who just found a pair of sunglasses, <laughs> is aware that his time is up. He can't win this fight and he's already starting to throw that I didn't want to play this game anyway. And soon he'll be saying things like, you can't fire me, I quit. But what has Bernie done for Formula 1? Well, <coughs> fucking loads actually. And as his tenure winds to a close, we at for Formula 1's sake would like to raise a glass to the old cunt. He single-handedly transformed Formula 1 into the billion dollar in- industry that it is. He had the foresight to make money and make the sport rich and get it truly across the world and into as many eyeballs as possible. And if he'd retired, say, 10 or 15 years ago, we'd have nothing but praise. But instead, like an overprotective father who would rather suffocate his child rather than let it be free and grow in the world, but instead, like an overprotective father who would rather suffocate his child rather than let it be free and grow in the world, instead of embracing social media, he was part of the consortium that took down any video that dared to even mention the letters F and 1 in the title. He squeezed the wallets of promoters, forcing the tickets to eye-watering levels for regular punters. 
He stagnated the sport and he sold it off to the highest bidder. Then he locked viewers behind paywalls. He dwindled advertising and frankly, Bernie, I'll raise a glass to you, but I'll pour it over your fucking head. Fuck you, you've ruined this. Good riddance. <laughs> that, that escalated quickly. Yes. I'm sensing mixed feelings about Mr. Eccleston. He has done wonders for the sport and he's fucked up. He's Schrodinger's his Eccleston. <laughs> which, which bit do you think he's messed up most? The fact that no one is watching Formula One now and it's boring and all the races are shit. Okay. On the plus side, there's a lot of very rich people. Yeah. <laughs> Including us. Yeah, of course. Are we rich? Oh, oh. Since we've started doing the podcast, yeah. I can't move for money. <laughs> it's becoming a problem. I just haven't got. I'm, I'm, like, I'm like Pablo Escobar. I'm burying it in my garden. So that's it from us. It is goodbye to Phil Tromans. Goodbye. Thank you, everyone. We have not had time to talk about what I consider actually to be the best and most uplifting F1 story of the last couple of weeks, which is the, uh, the recent achievements of Alex Zanardi, former moderately unremarkable Formula One driver and, and decent touring car and, uh, and indie car driver, who 15 years ago was horrifically injured in an absolutely appalling crash in which he lost his legs. But he went on to do the Paralympics in the wheelchair racing and is exceedingly good at it. And uh, Rio won another gold medal uh, the grand old age of 49 which uh, not only the fact that he's won a gold medal but to win it at that age against athletes who are uh, 20 or 30 tremendously well done I think he's an absolute inspiration and he won the silver medal on the day it's like 15 years to the day that he had his crash that and he's got no legs that's well I mean that's a moderate medal. prerequisite of the class I think but yes and goodbye to Terry Saunders we haven't talked about the uh, Liberty Media takeover, meaning that the teams might have a franchise option for Formula One. That instead of being solely... Okay, frankly, I don't fucking understand it. Today I've looked up the Subway restaurant franchise system, and it seems that all the teams are now allowed to open a premises to a Subway design, buy their vegetables from predefined suppliers, and basically uh, have foot-long sandwiches. So what are you saying? Saying that all the teams will have Subway restaurants. Yeah. That, I mean, that will add an extra element. Or your choice of extra elements. We'll be back next time for the Malaysian Grand Prix. Until then, don't forget to follow us on Twitter and listen to our past episodes. Admittedly, they won't make much sense, but still, have a go. And um, She's never stopped us before. <laughs> I've been Jigaraz. Goodbye. 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 Sports Social Podcast Network.